You are listening to the Morning Bliss with Patricia Mandula. Service delivery watch on the Morning Bliss. Water is always an issue. Swear is always an issue. Waste management, always an issue. And until we get to a point where we as South Africans have proper services delivered to us, I think this issue will always remain. And it's always great that our content producer, hmm, what's happening to my tongue? Our content producer, Amanda Sindelo. Did I say it right, Amanda? Please. Thank you. Please clap your hands for me. She's always saying, Patricia, you keep on remixing my last name. But let me go back. I digress. It's always great that Amanda is ensuring that we get people can contribute meaningfully to these issues of service delivery that we are facing. Today, we are looking at the issue of waste management. And especially when it comes to our water and our natural resources, it's World Food Day um, on the 14th of October, which is tomorrow. And um, we are joined by Kate Stubbs, who is marketing director of Interwaste. Kate is going to help us understand the role of waste management in creating safe and sustainable water sources that contribute to food production. You see that the, 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 the interlink? I hope you're seeing it. When we don't manage our waste, it means that we are not sustaining our environment. It means our water sources are going to be polluted. It means we can't have enough food. It is a chain. So when people are crying foul, please don't say you complain too much, South Africans. Do something. We all have a role to play. With that, the lines are open as 086-000-2032. Please do call in and interact with us or WhatsApp 0614104107. And let's welcome our guest, uh, Marketing Director at Interwaste, Kate Stubbs. Good morning, Kate. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Patricia. Thank you for having me. Um, World Food Day, the importance of us uh, making sure that we are looking after our environment via waste management. Talk to us about this. Yeah, thank you. And that was a great introduction. We are all responsible for it. So World Food Day and its interest is celebrated to obviously raise awareness um, about food loss and food insecurity. Um, and I find it interesting that this year the theme, um, they've linked it to water. And water is life, water is food, which is so critical. And as you say, they, they are both closely interlinked. Um, just a quick one on World Food Day and the awareness uh, uh, because um, and loss and waste management of water. In um, globally, but also in South Africa, about 10 million tons of food in South Africa, food produced is lost every year. Globally, that stat is similar. About 34% of all food produced is lost. And then you look at the other side of that. So there's economic loss, there's resource loss. There's, um, I mean, there's environmental implications. Um, and on the other side, we have 800 million people globally going hungry every day in South Africa, over 10 million people going hungry every day. So on one side of the equation, we have massive food loss, on the other, we have starving people. And added to that whole equation, we have 
huge loss of resources. So the amount of water used to produce that food, you know, the pollution that then happens from that food loss. So waste in a general and understanding that whole impact is really important to us. And we need to start being more aware, more educated about it because we can all play a role in reducing that waste. Uh, why don't I see a collective effort from, you know, um, government down when it comes to waste management? I, I know we do have, you know, the municipality that comes in and out, yeah. but there are communities that have swear all over. Um, yeah. There are communities where there is no uh, refuse removal, there com- especially when it comes to the informal settlements. Why is there no willpower with an understanding of this critical, um, you know, uh, element that waste management, when it's not managed, has to play when it comes to food security? Yeah, I think I think I can't remember the exact stat, but about thirty percent of South Africans still don't get service delivery. So mm. there's great service delivery in certain areas and urbanisation, but you know why doesn't everyone? Everyone has the right to service delivery. Um, so at a national level, um, in terms of government and policy, um, we have great legislation in waste management. It's it's fairly new compared to the rest of the world, um, but it's very forward thinking and it's very robust. So at a national level, policy and legislation we're great. I think the challenge comes into actually, it is new, um, it's quite complex waste management, and I think um, it, it needs to be, I mean, a lot of education and training needs to be rolled out then down to provincial and, and local, as you say, municipal level. But at, I think it's a massive gap between the two, but at the real coal face, you're right, I mean, I think what often happens in municipalities, besides the fact that we know many of them now don't have money or funds or they've gone elsewhere, who knows, for functional municipalities, you often see waste management is often competing against other issues such as um, water, electricity. And, you know, we, as you said, we're not short of challenges in South Africa. So mm. I mean, we have real, real challenges right now. But but waste management is critical because it has that knock-on effect, which you spoke about in the introduction. Is, you know, if we're not, if we have waste lying around areas, it creates health issues. It pollutes water. It, it pollutes the very environment that we need all of us to sustain and nourish us. So um, it is critical. And I think there's just not enough systems and processes and infrastructure available to manage all our waste. Um, and a lot of as you say, rural communities, poorer communities suffer. But I think even in the big metros now, we just see waste everywhere. There needs to be much uh, political will and, uh, you know, um, working together instead of in silos for this issue. Now, you know, can you talk to us about the importance of waste in striking a balance between economic growth and environmental protection? Because, yes, it's a business, that's how others yes. see it. But at the end of the day, it, it goes over and beyond just the business for those who are doing the waste management. There's other eco um, value chains that people can tap into when it comes to waste management and in the same breath uh, becoming environmentally friendly. Absolutely. I think we, we well, the shift that we're trying to, to create and globally is the shift about uh, more of the awareness on the environment, but also on waste management, is to see waste as a resource. And I think we have to look a little bit back historically with how uh, industry developed and we, we got into this from the industrial revolution, you know, make en masse, agriculture grow en masse, and it was sort of take, make waste with very little 
um, forward-thinking or view an impact of that activity back on, on the earth. And as a population grows, you know, waste waste volumes are directly related to the amount of people um, and our populations are growing exponentially. I mean, we're over 8 billion people in the world. South Africa is, I think, the latest stat was, I thought it was 61, but 62 million, a lot of people. So what what we need to do from a from an economic perspective is waste should be seen as a resource. It, uh, they estimate about 17 billion rands worth of materials discarded to landfill um, could actually be repurposed back in the economy. So that's where we, we start trying to say, shift the thinking of take, make waste to the circular economy. The circular economy looks at manufacturing um, right from the start of the process. So you design waste out of the system, not only from a product and material perspective, but also from a water perspective, um, an energy consumption perspective. We, 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 we need to shift that thinking because we, are, we just, how we're living on the planet now as humans is unsustainable with this growth. There are enough um, resources available, but then waste, waste happens. And what we're doing now is that there's a lot of pre, a reprocessing of waste. So, so for instance, glass bottles can be remanufactured back into glass. There's a paper packaging uh, legislation now, the EPR. So all types of uh, plastic is quite, you know, plastic is an issue and we have a lot of plastic waste polluting our water systems. Plastic is quite complex because there are different families of plastic, but plastic is fantastic for many ways in that it can be repurposed. It just has to be separated um, carefully, but plastic can be repurposed back into plastic materials or extruded into other things. Um, paper can be reused. So we really need, metal can be reused. So most of the most of the products or, uh, that are post-consumer can be can be repurposed into something else as a secondary resource. It starts though with us separating and managing our waste. So that comes back to us as individuals too, you know, in our homes and um, recycling. And even if it's just the basics of separating your food waste, uh, your, which I'll call your wet waste and your dry waste, your plastics, your cardboard, you know, your, your packaging at home. And um, because the sooner you separate that waste, the less contaminated it is and the more value it has. So all our informal, um, you know, we have um, large, a large portion of informal waste collectors around the country. They're doing an incredible job. They're separating that waste and they're preventing it um, from going to landfill and they're making a job about uh, a job from it. Um, there's, you know, in terms of waste beneficiation, there's waste water treatments we can do. There's waste to energy. We have an energy crisis, so we have enough waste to generate energy for the country. Um, and generating energy from waste is not a new thing. Um, globally, waste to energy plants have been operating for 60 years, and most of them are through municipal, uh, you know, municipal waste. And so we really need to um, educate ourselves, but also uh, it has. Uh, there's a collaborative effort required. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity, as you say, economically and then environmentally um, from our waste. You know, uh, talking about those uh, waste collectors that we see yeah. in our communities, what can we do to protect them? My heart goes out. I, I remember doing yeah. an audio documentary on them. Um, yeah. And I spent time with these communities. Uh, Kate, they are really working at the oddest hours of the day yeah. and night. Um, when I'm driving to work, coming to the show, I see them pulling their carts. Um, yeah. It's dangerous because sometimes yeah. they're not visible. Um, mm. But what they're doing is an ecosystem. And they, I mean, I yeah. met a lady who says she grew up with her mom doing this job. 
She is now yeah. a mother herself, um, and she has raised her children. I think she said her eldest was at, at the University of Johannesburg in university you, through that job, you know. Yeah. Um, so there is an income. But what can be done to protect them, firstly, on the roads, to mm. capacitate them? Because they play a huge role in, in, in this ecosystem by going to landfills and sorting out the garbage and taking it for recycling. Um, what can be done? Yeah, that they, they play a hugely valuable and, and often unseen um or, or, or unthanked role for us. You're right on the, on the dangers of them traveling and working incredible hours, long hours. Our, you know, you see them, as you said, early in the morning, up pulling those trolleys, then when they're full. Um, from a protection perspective, it's tricky. I'm, I'm not, uh, I think, just awareness and embracing them and seeing them. Uh, we've done some projects with them too. And one of the one of the key things they want is that they want the basic thing of respect and, and that visibility. I think more from a, we're, we're we all can help from a capacity and systems processes. You know, they travel very far distances, some of them very far, um, to go and trade those materials. So when we look at infrastructure and systems, um, you know, we look at our municipalities, create closer buyback centers for them. They don't necessarily, in my engagement with, with certain groups, don't necessarily want to be totally formalized. I think um, they're proud of the fact that they're entrepreneurs and then they're smart. They know exactly what <laughs> what materials cost. So I think part of the fear of the formalization is that um, they, they, they're not going to be fairly treated. But um, even in our homes, you know, if you put out your recyclables, put them out for them. A lot of people always complain, oh, they tip my bin over, they make a mess. I don't experience that in our suburb. If you, you know, put your, your clean recyclables out for them. Um, I, I always say don't put bottles out because those are very heavy. They're not that as valuable for them and they're very heavy to transport. But certainly your papers, your plastics, your tin, make it easy for them, support them, greet them, feed them. I just think any type of acknowledgement can can assist them but they also need a more centralized well centralized but in their of operations suburbs places where they can flee um and, and package them and trade them there are some great projects happening in the space but as as always more needs to be done most definitely more needs to be done. Mm. Um, with that said, is there enough awareness and education around the you know, preservation, protection and conservation of water? No, I don't think so, because I think South Africans, we've been, we've been lucky. In general, we've had a really great water. I mean, if we think of our tap water, the quality has been, in general, excellent. So yes, a lot of people still don't have running water to their homes. But um, we've had good quality water. However, if you look at all these new blue drop or reinvigorated blue drop, green drop uh, uh, reports from government, um, our water is in, in a dire state. Um, the quality of our water is diminishing. The water loss is is terrifying. We just haven't invested in our water treatment facilities and our water infrastructure. And, you know, water for me is, is much more of a concern than electricity. Electricity, um, energy, we can still generate. But, but water is water. There's only there's a finite resource. I mean, globally, only 3% of the water on Earth is fresh and 1.5%, is tied up in icebergs. So, you know, if we look at the value of water and, and how we desperately need water as humans to survive, um, I mean, we wash our cars with water, our sewage systems use fresh water. It's terrifying. Um, I think that, for me, is our next 
uh, is already here, our water crisis. We've we've got to um, once again as individuals and then um, as companies and government really look at preserving and protecting our water sources going forward. And the education needs to be done, I think, from grassroots levels. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we need to make sure that young people preserve water, protect water, and so on. There are communities that have come on here on, you know, Service Delivery Watch, Kate, who have said, we don't have any other water source except for little streams and rivers yeah. in our community where our livestock, so animals, dogs, sheep, goats, use the same water, we do our laundry in the same water, but we also have to consume the same water because there's no service delivery. And that also, for me, begs for some sort of education and a way to conserve the water that should be conserved for human consumption. What can be done for communities like that? Yeah, I, those communities for me um, have an, another pressure in that a lot of their their very water source that they need to survive is being polluted further upstream by by industry or by, by you know by urban areas. I mean, our water sources in South Africa really are our, our, our rivers are severely polluted. Don't I mean we often talk about all the plastic in the ocean, but our our river sources are are polluted. And then we think how many rural communities rely on that water to survive, and that has huge health implications. It starts, and actually, you know, that's once again why water and waste are so clearly tied. If we're managing our waste um, carefully, um, if 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 the laws, that's a tricky one in South Africa, South Africa, are enforced, we've got to stop that pollution. And that is education. It starts at grassroots level, but it starts also with, with all of us and enforcement. And we've got to stop stop the pollution and raise awareness. And I think we could learn some lessons. You know, that we we're seeing drought now. You know, climate change is happening. We've seen. Yeah. You know, we've seen massive droughts in Cape Town. You saw all the shifts that happened when, when they literally nearly had no more water. I mean, so many people learned lessons about water preservation and have installed that in their homes and their practices long term because they were so desperate. You know, then you have massive floods in Durban, which also create water shortage and water scarcity because the infrastructure was damaged. And there you have mass pollution. So water, I mean, we're learning, but do we have to always learn the hard way? Um, I, I mean, I, I think in our own homes, we, we need to also be a, a bit more aware, you know, it's the simple things like turning off the tap when you're brushing your teeth, washing your hands, reusing some water. Can we reuse our shower water or bath water? Um, it, it, it's some basic steps which actually really do make a difference. Um, but for those rural communities, um, you know, they, they typically, for me, are not the, the problem in terms of, of preserving water because for them it is already so precious. I think we need to be mindful of them of, of not polluting the very water resources that nourish their, their lives, as you said, and their livestock. Um, but but probably going back to the, the rural communities looking at, you know, groundwater systems, bore wells, and just some infrastructure. I mean, you know what it's like. I mean, I can live with electricity. We all adapted quite well, but a few hours without water is, is unpleasant, is very unpleasant. Oh, wow. It is more than just unpleasant. And like you're saying, in the rural communities, it's a precious commodity, water. Yeah, um, yeah. People pay so much to get water uh, from sources because sometimes they don't have any running water. And I'm speaking from experience because when I go up to Ndwetwe, that's what I experience. Uh, yeah. You know, there, there, there is no water coming to the taps um, in, in our homes. There are taps, yeah. but there is no water. So it is a precious commodity. 
Talking about uh, World Food Day that is uh, commemorated tomorrow and observed tomorrow, what are industries doing to protect the valuable resource, which is water? So on, on the water side, I think from an industry perspective, and I think this is really that's a positive shift, is um, from a legislative from a waste legislative perspective, uh, liquid waste, effluent waste, is banned now from landfill disposal. So part of our waste legislation to to force people to manage their waste more effectively. Um, each year, different types of waste are being banned from disposal. So liquid waste was banned from landfill disposal in 2019. Now, what that did, um, and it has a positive impact on water resources, is in big industry or well, industries with large water usage were forced to to manage their effluent more for, uh, more um, effectively, and a lot of them have installed in our building their own effluent treatment plants. So what that means is they treat their water on site. And, and they, they can then reuse it. Um, you know, we don't need to use fresh water for cleaning. We don't need to use our beautiful potable clean water for, for all production, certain production for sure, but for industrial cleaning, um, for dust suppression, for all sorts of things. So so industry, certain large industries are looking at repurposing their, their own water on site. Um, from a waste management perspective, um, because of that legislation change too, um, there's lots of great technology now where you can treat effluent and all different types of dirty water back into um, reusable source. Not always too totally potable. You can convert most effluent you can co convert back into drinking water. It's obviously that's a lot more expensive and takes time, but a lot of water now is being repurposed. And, and when I say even hazardous water, oily water, you can separate it. They're, they're great processes and technologies that can um, can can reproduce um, uh, or, or clean um, liquid, which does, um, which is incredibly important because every time we're doing that, we're not making use of our clean fresh municipal water. Mm. Well, we wrap it at that and hope that we do better as a society. Thank you so very much for joining us, Kate. Thank you, Patricia.